Hey, and welcome aboard the pain train, everybody. You've made it your way here. Uh, two straight losses to the Orioles. That's what we're talking about, baby. Uh, it's on Locked On Blue Jays. It's right now. It's pain. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Bonaparte, Ben Shulman with you on this wonderful Wednesday morning. Thanks for making Lockdown Blue Jays your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Jays took another L to the Orioles last night uh, in another brutal game. Four to two this time. I guess not as bad uh, as the previous game, which was seven to three, but still not pretty and not exactly what you want to see uh, as a fan of the Blue Jays who are supposed to be contending for a title. Um, I will just say, I was watching back some of the highlights and uh, Pitching Ninja, which is like my favorite Twitter page of all time, was just showing those Felix Bautista Ks. Dude, that guy's got such a good changeup because he throws 102 or whatever, but then he just hits you with the nastiest like 90 mile an hour changeup. It's impossible to hit. Alejandro Kirk Flannel that month. Um, but anyway, I digress. Uh, other than Santiago Espinal, who was three for three, and Vladimir Guerrero, who was two for four, it wasn't much of an offensive performance from the Jays. Just seven hits, which matches the Orioles' seven hits, but only two runs scratch across. They got Cosmo Kramer over there, Dean Kramer, making him look bad. Yeah, or them making him look good. Um, yeah, they, I mean, it was a really bad offensive showing. Uh, you start the game as well as possible. Your leadoff hitter singles and your two hitter homers, and like you're on route to try and tie up this series. Third inning, you load the bases off of Vladdy single, a Guriel double, and a Kirk walk with one out, and then Chapman grounds into a double play. And then after that third inning, they did not get a ball hit out of the infield again for the whole game, like. Not even a fly ball. They just hit ground balls to second and short the whole game. They almost gave Jorge Mateo a modern record for assists at short. He had nine. Wow, that's long. pretty crazy. They Their third Espinal hit was the only hit they had after the third inning, and it was a beautifully executed bunt. Uh, and then we come to my breaking point of the game. So you're Ben's down to, breaking point. Yeah, Sorry, Ben's breaking just... point of the game. We almost talked about John Shiner recently and didn't, but this will be a mini excerpt. Um, seventh inning, you haven't had a hit since the third, and you get a bunt single. Um, your nine-hitter, Rymel Tapia, is up. He's hitting for Jackie Bradley, and there's one out. You need, again, two runs to tie the game. Why you run a hit and run, risking your base runner when George Springer is on deck and watch Tapia, Tapia whiff and get Espinal thrown out is beyond me. Don't steal. I know it's not a regular steal. Just don't steal. If Tapia strikes out, then George Springer can tie the game. Like, I don't understand at all the want to do a hit and run there. Great. If you get a base hit, now Espinal's on third. Like, He's not even the tying run. It's just – and Tapia's whiff stuff, numbers are fine, but he still does swing and miss a decent amount because he's swinging out of this planet with 
just every ounce of strength he has. So that move really upset me. Um, the Jays had no momentum the whole game. They finally steal a hit, and then you get the guy thrown out. I don't agree with that call from Schneider at all. I thought it was a foolish decision, and they wouldn't have another base runner the rest of the game. So uh, that was Ben's breaking point, brought to you by the Dick Vitale big head over Bones' right shoulder. That's my guy right there. Um, yeah, I mean, people continuously say, and I, I can't really disagree, that Schneider has changed nothing other than that they get out on the base paths more, um, which kind of right. Uh, they're they're aggressive at least. I like to see aggressiveness on the base paths. I just think it's better. You just have to be selective with it. Like yeah. if you're down, you can't just throw run, a guy out there every time. If you're down one run and you want to try that hit and run, at least I see a justification. If it was, you know, I don't know. If it was the eight hitter and the nine hitters next, maybe. But George Springer and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., your next two hitters, like you just took away. Espinal gets thrown out and Tapia grounds out, and that's the inning. Like it went from one out and a guy on first to just nothing in a flash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and the defense. <laughs> yes, the defense. Again. Bush League baseball right now. Yeah, and I don't know necessarily like what that is, but I think it's kind of clear that something's off in the clubhouse and just with the team in general because they're just having like the August Blues, man. Like they're so much better than they're playing and they just can't seem to get it together, Um, which is going to be a huge problem because you're in like the one part of the year or at least approaching it where like that kind of can't happen. Um so they have to figure it out sooner or later or like they're in peril of of losing like they don't I don't think it seems like they don't realize it but they're in peril of losing a, a wild card spot it's not a lock I mean if they're, they lose today they lose closer the and closer to 500 every single day um so yeah I mean if they lose today they do lose a the spot they're only half a game above the Orioles and for the longest time they were in first place in terms of the wild card teams and now in third. So um, this is the looks like the crumbling point of the year. And then it doesn't get easier after this. Then you have to go to the Bronx and play a four game set against the Yankees who are playing terribly. So maybe it does help. Um, Maybe you go in there and slap them silly, but in the Bronx, like you never know. So I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking, but they absolutely have to pick it up. Interesting note though. Uh, both our scaries played, or my hype train and your scary played rather poorly. Uh, an over five day from Ryan Mountcastle. Yeah, how are you going to lose when you get from Manoa? How do you lose when you get over uh, five from Mountcastle? I mean, yeah, it's exactly I, what you win. But yeah, it, I mean, it really is. They're in a tailspin right now, and you never know if you get knocked out of that wild card position how long it would take to get back in it if you get back in it at all, because all of a sudden it can be out of your control. Um, yeah, and totally. rely on other teams. So, yeah, I mean, the 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 thing for the Jays, there's a weird thing where uh, I'm not giving this as an excuse. It sucks. Uh, they've started months poorly this year in general. Start of May was really bad for them. Um, I think July is like the outlier, but start of June – was pretty bad for them, and then they went on a big run. Or is June the out? June's the outlier. So they start May terribly at one point of a five-game losing streak, win eight near the end of the month, 
Um, June started fine because it was the end of that eight game win streak. Lost five in a row at the beginning of July, ended July on a big heater, won like six or seven in a row. Uh, and now they've started August just awfully. Um, so, hey, they're, maybe they're it, going a huge run. There is room for them to make a run, but they need to survive till then. Like you said, it doesn't get easier next. They they go to the Yankees and they go to Fenway. Um, thankfully, the Yankees are sliding, like you said, and um, they have beat the Red Sox in every series they've played them. I will say, like, you're playing two teams that, like, normally I'd say, like, this is a problem, but right now it's like, maybe it's a good thing. But someone's going to win, you know, and it's not necessarily yeah. the Jays. But if you can survive, I mean, if fingers crossed they could just win the mm, game today and survive after Boston – your home versus the Angels and the Cubs, and then on the road at Pittsburgh. Like, yeah, that's what you want because those are really the easiest series left for the Jays. Then it's a lot of division and another two game set with Philly for some reason. Um, so they just need to survive, but they're not surviving. They're looking like the Padres last year, and it's not. I will good. say, like, it is not encouraging that they can't like scratch out a win. Against no. Baltimore, and they're making Baltimore. And, and I won't. Don't get me wrong. Baltimore isn't a bad team. Uh, I think a lot of people are trying to still say, "Oh, you know, like I don't care. They're they're, they're winning games, but it doesn't matter. They're bad." At home, they're thirty three and twenty one, and you just kind of like can't take that away from them. Um, they don't beat a ton of teams that are over five hundred. Like, or yeah, neither do the Jays actually. But they're they're I'd say them and the Jays right now are on par. It's not necessarily how you are for a full season. It's how you are right now. Uh, and the O's are hot and the Jays are not. So um, they got to pick it up. Anyway, we will uh, talk to you about the starting lineup changes right after this here break. Uh, did you know that the key to sustainable weight loss is through your liver? The liver is the body's metabolic furnace. It's responsible for flushing out harmful toxins and igniting your fat-burning metabolism. But thanks to modern diets, rich in unhealthy processed foods, and constant exposure to thousands of man-made and environmental toxins, most of us have overworked livers. But now it's easy to rejuvenate your liver health and reignite your metabolism thanks to Liver Health Formula by Pure Health Research. Liver Health Formula contains eight liver-boosting supernutrients like turmeric, beet, and artichoke extract, all of which work together to wake up a sluggish liver and turn it into a toxin-flushing and fat-burning machine. No more bloated belly, no more uncomfortable digestion, no more feeling tired and low on energy all the time. And best of all, Liver Health Formula makes it easier to maintain a healthy body weight, or healthy body weight long-term. As a listener of our show, you can try Liver Health Formula risk-free today and get a free bottle of CurbFit with your order. CurbFit is a safe and natural, all-natural appetite suppressant, making it easy to say no to naughty foods. This makes it the perfect complement to Liver Health Formula. Go get Liver Health or go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB to learn more. That's getliverhelp.com slash MLB to try liver health formula completely risk-free. And claim your free bottle of curb fit with your order. Go to liver help. Go to get liver help. Excuse me. I'm going crazy today. Go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB to get started. Woo. That was something. That was something. Um, okay. 
Let's talk lineup because they finally switched up the lineup, something that, um, you know, I don't think we've been calling for or anybody really was saying, like, you got to switch up the lineup. But, you know, when you're going through a slide like this, like, why not? I get Um, it. Because, yeah, I mean, like, I I think I would do the same thing. I mean, yesterday or a couple days ago was a pretty tame lineup, although Bo just keeps moving down. Um, And I can't say, like... It's the wrong thing to do. I like Vladdy in the two hole. Um, I'm a I do subscribe to the analytical lineup in that sense, and that your better hitters are higher in the lineup. Um, so I do like him in the two hole. I like Lourdes in the three hole just because the guy hits the ball really, really well, and uh, he's just a contact guy at the end of the day. But he can put the ball in the gap. So um, I mean, it's just kind of accepting that baseball has gone a different way. Like when we were kids, it was like the three, four, five are the best hitters in your lineup. It's the heart of your lineup. Um, and I don't know necessarily that it's the same case today, just because analytics have shown us that uh, best guys should be hitting first through third. Um, but I think having Springer around again for the last few games does help. I mean, they haven't won, but he's, he's been just fine. A, a presence. Yeah, he's a presence. I mean, he had a hit yesterday, and he had two hits the day before. Yeah, I mean, story, the big storyline people took away was Bo. Um, seven was the lowest he's hit in his pro career. But I think, like you said, you look at the three guys they had above him. They had uh, Oscar hitting six, Chapman five, Kirk four. Um, like, all those guys are objectively having better years at the plate than Bo. Um, I do think... It might be time. I mean, Chapman, I feel bad for him in a way. Had like the worst possible game you could yesterday. Hit a, into a double play with the bases loaded and one out and then struck out three times. Like you'd rather have yeah. a sombrero. Um, I would shuffle a little bit with what how they had four, five, six. Alejandro Kirk, uh, love the guy. He has completely cratered recently. Uh, he's hitting 184 in August in 12 games. Um, I don't want to be too reactionary, but uh, he was a little bit down in July anyway. From like May, June, he was absolutely nuts. Well, he, yeah, and he was going to always cool off, you know. Yeah, July he was hitting 290, but with only a 720 OPS, like not a ton of power and not a lot of walks. Um, and now he's walking a little more again in June or in August, but he's not really hitting. I, I personally would have flipped the four and six hitters if we're remaking the lineup. I'd rather take Oscar back at the four and Kirk at the six with Chapman hitting five. Um, but, yeah. And, I mean, I know, like we said, it's new baseball. In my mind, it, it makes more sense for Lourdes to be the leadoff hitter and Springer to hit three. But that's just my mind. Because Lourdes is just more of a contact hitter. I don't so, know why. Like, I'm, I am, I'm like – I'm married to the idea of Springer being the leadoff. I know. And I think I everyone like is, and I'm not against way. it. I'm not against it, but he, he's a run producer, you know? He he gets extra base it's hits true. and hits fly balls. But, like, I think there's also the um, aspect of, like, he's also probably sees pitches better than anybody else on the team. And after yeah, he's, that he's comes back to the dugout and tells you what to look for. Um, so I think that also is like a huge part of his value, uh, which is probably why he's up there so often, but like, you're right. Like it is weird to put your guy who is one of the best power hitters on the team all the way up there. 
But I do think that, you know, there's other than him just having hit there pretty much his whole career, there is a reason for him to be there, you know? Yeah. Um, they started Jackie Bradley yesterday, um, which like they're going to do. Um, I think in general, I'd rather Wit start more than Jackie Bradley, but I'm not. I mean, Jackie Bradley's better than Bradley Zimmer by a lot. So I'd rather have Jackie Bradley in there than, than Zimmer, who was obviously be a fade. Um, and then, like, Espinal's got to be the eight hitter. I mean, he's just not hit well enough this year to be anything but that. Yeah. Um, I feel like they could, like, the lineup yesterday had Teoscar sixth. Like, I feel like you could move him around a little bit. And like, I want him at four. I want him at four. Sure. Like, or something like that. Or, or I don't know. Like, if you're going to get creative, like, why not throw him even higher um, and just try to change your lineup run? Because Teoscar has been and probably will always be the I protect the front of the lineup kind of guy. Um, and I think he's great in that role. But for a guy who hits the ball really well, maybe try him higher in the lineup one day uh, and see how that changes things. A uh, quick note on George, by the way, I was just looking at his splits. What's really f- interesting is that he, I mean, he's played 745 games in his career batting first at the leadoff spot. So it's the grand majority. Um, he's got 97 games in the two hole, 57 games in the three hole, 34 games in the four hole. The average just continuously goes down as you move down the order, like 275. Uh, in the leadoff spot, 268 in the two-hole, 215 in the three-hole, 198 in the four-hole. Um, but his OPS stays at 800 until you get to that four spot, which I find really interesting. So he still hits the ball really hard. He yeah. doesn't make as much contact as he goes down. Changing his approach, perhaps, if he's yeah, in the totally. spot. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he could hit multiple spots. I'm not against him hitting in the one spot, but if I was, if I was the manager um, – I do think I'd put Lourdes one and George three, but yeah, I mean, I see that. I, your I, point I about seeing pitches, see. your point about yeah. seeing pitches makes a lot of sense. Thanks, man. Um, I could see like if they want to go like traditional, uh, and and just throw your contact guys up there. Like, I'd be interested to see what Springer Guriel looks like instead of Springer Guerrero, and then put um, the three. Yeah, and then put Vlad three, because uh, I mean, because you have because Guriel, I think to your point, I mean the guy has been hitting the cover off the ball this season. He's got a three hundred nine average. The power numbers aren't really there, but his on base is like three sixty. So um, I don't really see the point in not giving him that shot. I'd like to, and I don't know. I'm gonna look at his splits right now, but. I feel like he's been a middle of the order guy all season long and hasn't really he's he's let off eight times this year. Really? Yeah. Lourdes? So that's gotta be wrong. There's no, no way. he has is he really he, he has. He's let off really yeah. When George was hurt, that. he was hitting lead off a decent. Oh, days. you're right. That's what I forgot. Interesting. He doesn't do well in the leadoff spot, which is kind of interesting as well. But only eight okay. games, so a really small sample size. Um all right. Well, that's all I got. All right. Well, we're going to play He Was a Blue Jay, but first a message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Association. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. 
it's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. That was All great. Right. He was Blue Jay. Yeah, um, it was a Blue Jay time. I'm actually like totally upset because uh, I lost my single-digit loss record. Yeah, um, well, in the last episode, I mean, these season five is off the chain, five. dude. Like these are insanely difficult. Like I, I, only the the greatest, most seasoned he was a Blue Jay connoisseurs and historians have a chance at these. And you know, I consider myself in that group, but I mean, these are tough. They are. Um, season five is kind of like, is this still serviceable enough to be a show season? So there's a chance your record gets wiped clean of season five. There's also a chance you're watching the last ever he was a Blue Jay. Well, I got three guys on this list. so I do. Okay, this is the chance that you're watching one of the one of one. Whoa, I can't speak. One of the last he was a Blue Jays. We'll see. Um for those who've never seen it, uh, I pick a guy who you wouldn't remember as a Blue Jay, and uh, I end up giving five hints about his major league career. Bones has 30 seconds about or three guesses in between each hint, and if he taps out after five, he loses. He's 25 and 10 overall, 0-2 in season five. Are you ready? Let's do it. This guy debuted in 1993, but would win Rookie of the Year in 1994. But move on to the next hint. He was an all-star and two-time gold glove right fielder all in his first seven years, which were all in the National League. Huh. Hmm. Sean Green. No. Um, Too much of a Blue Jay. Uh, Dante Bichette. Incorrect. Uh, wasn't a Blue Jay. Hmm. I guess I would have known that. Um, gold gloves in his career. He's in the National League. He could be a Met. He could be a Red. He could be a Rocky. I don't know. Move on. Uh, by the way, I'll just let you know, for however bad you're feeling throughout this, just wait for the fifth hint because it will somewhat set you free. Um, hint three is he was a Blue Jay from 2000 to 2002. Ooh, next hint. Uh, he was a Yankee right after that. Angel Baroa. No. Uh, Eric Hinsky. Incorrect. Um, uh, Nick Johnson. No. All right, I'll give you hint five, but you'll have more than 30 seconds because we got here very quickly. Um, <laughs> he has a major league son right now who has spent his first seven years with the white and blue team, just like our guy did, who was on the, our guy that we're in, we're talking about, not his son, was a Dodger. 
this guy's also spent his first seven years on a white. The board. first guy, the original guy's a Dodger. Original guy, yeah. I'm giving you a bonus because I wrote this wrong slightly. So when I said like he was in all his first seven years in the National League, those were with the Dodgers. Um, his son has also spent his first seven years with a white and blue team. So a lot of white and blue teams. Just putting that list out there. Them. Of those. All right. There aren't the as many Yankees, as there. Do the Yankees have a son? Do we have a son? The Yankees are simply – I'm not counting them as white and blue. They're too dark. Too dark. <laughs> it's white and blue. It's objectively right, well, white I'm, and blue. I'm telling you to rule them out. <laughs> All right. That's absurd. Uh, do the Marlins have a son? Uh, the Mets have a son. The Mets are blue and orange. White is a primary color of this team. A primary. Okay. Color. The Marlins count then. Um, they feel like they're more hmm. blue and black. If okay. Taking out the Marlins. <laughs> Who else is white and blue? I mean, you haven't named any the of Dodger? the teams. They are one of the, the teams that are white and blue. <laughs> um, the Rays. Yeah. Okay, it's not the race. Um, <laughs> um, hmm, hmm, hmm. Not the Guardians. Oh, it's the Tigers. It's Mike Cameron. It's not. It's oh, my gosh. Cameron, but that would have been good for you. But Daz Cameron has not played seven years in the league, and you know that. Uh, I forgot this guy's played seven years in the league. His son, like you know his son enough that you definitely know this guy, and this guy was good, but you definitely know his son. I freaking hope so. I'm like His son okay. used to be a junior, but he's no longer a junior. <laughs> what? It only applies. To I only ball know. Ball. I only know like BJ Upton turned into a junior into Melvin Upton. It's true. BJ stood. For I don't. Boston. He used to be a junior. Like how? What does that even mean? He changed his name? What? Dude, like, why don't I remember this? Why don't I? Why can't I put this together? You still haven't named the team that the Sun plays for. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Is it like Texas? Who's blue and white? It's like such a blue and white team. <laughs> it's such uh, a blue and white team. Astros, Angels, Athletics, Mariners. No? It's not the freaking narrative. It's not I'm the really Tigers. Kidding. It's not the White Sox. It's not the Reds. It's not the Cardinals. It's the Brewers. By the way, you morphed from the AL Central to the NL Central midway there. Yeah, um, I did. It's not the Brewers? Gosh. They're oh, blue and yellow. <laughs> Get out of here. The Braves, old jerseys. No. This team oh. is like only blue and white, and it's like – a close to Dodger blue and white. That's all they are. Royals. Bobby Witt. Not Bobby Witt. He has not played seven years in the league. (laughs) Oh, it's um, Adalberto Mondesi. It's Raul Mondesi. There you go. Congratulations. (laughs) Let's go. He did used to be Raul Mondesi Jr. Yeah, see? I thought that would give it to you, to be honest, because I thought you I I kind of forgot. I don't think about Raul Mondesi very often, but I got it. You think about Adalberto. Yeah, congrats. You got it. So you're one and two. Um, I think we should just save the other one I had prepared today for next episode. Okay. Sounds good. So that's all we got today for Locked On Blue Jays. At Alberto Mondesi, shout out. But it was your dad, Raul. 
Uh, by the way, I guess I should just say, Raul was a Blue Jay from 2000 to 2002, and he was good. Uh, I mean, 20 homers every year. Uh, first year had an 852 OPS, about a two. Good nickname too. Uh, the Buffalo, yeah, that is good. That's yeah, a good nickname. Stole a bunch of bases for the Jays, had a 30 stolen base year, uh, and played all the way to 05 with Atlanta. Um, so you're 26 and 10 overall. Uh, that's all we got today for Locked On Blue Jays. We'll be back tomorrow with a series recap that will be sad, undoubtedly, but less sad if they win, win a game. Sorry, headphone listeners. Um, in the meantime, you can listen to the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective to every team in the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. He's Matt Bonaparte. I'm Ben Schulman. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you tomorrow on Locked On Blue Jays.